transcendent knowledge. Thus have I heard, once the Blessed One was dwelling in Rajagriha at Vulture Peak Mountain, together with a great gathering of the Sangha of monks and a great gathering of the Sangha of Bodhisattvas to be empty of nature. Then through the power of the Buddha, Venerable Shariputra said to noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, at that time the Blessed One entered the Samadhi that expresses the Dharma called profound illumination. And at the same time, noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, while practicing the profound Prajnaparamita, saw in this way. He saw the five skandhas. How should a son or daughter of noble family train who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita? Addressed in this way, noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, said to Venerable Shariputra, O Shariputra, son or daughter of noble family who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita should see in this way. Seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature, form is emptiness, emptiness also is form, emptiness is no other than form, form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. Thus, Shariputra, all dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics, there is no birth and no cessation, there is no impurity and no purity, there is no decrease and no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, in emptiness, there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas, I datu, up to no mind datu, no datu of dharmas, no mind consciousness datu, no ignorance, no end of ignorance, up to no old age and death, no end of old age and death, no suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times, by means of Prajnaparamita, fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequaled mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth since there is no deception. Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Teyata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangati Bodhisoha. Thus, Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, should train in the profound Prajnaparamita, then the Blessed One arose from that Samadhi and praised noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. When the Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra and noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole assembly in the world with its gods, humans, asuras, and Gandharvas, rejoice is the words of the Blessed One. <laughs> Gracias,
Shandarazam Arayam Vete Atta Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangati Bodhisoha Mbaba Gonju Zonji Gaiden Vedoji Badoji Mebadoji Shivadoji Dagi Baji Metum Beju Donji Jedin Goryezoa Gere Donja Jeju Wada Medonu Vejenandewada Tambadunji the fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. Holy Lamas High, wrap the sky of your Dharma bodies in massive clouds of knowledge and love, and let them pour upon the earth of your disciples as we are ready, a shower of rain, the teachings deep and wide. Nagi 
Tala ne kaza jine shama dini jilo jiba dan jine shama di tawtemba jine shama di tawtemba chandu chandu dan lede ni ga dan lede khadu dumarwa lede tala eba dele dele thaji jitawa ishi jiteba jibala sun lende she samba dan shida tu samba sane jodu shatulo sabat su lede ta khadu le dumarwa Tambo kaza jodu shatulo tambo lani lenishi tambo lengwenta soso shet sambanije tambo dalajima lenge bitule pechwa le maje badamijo lenje bachimuza jeje tachin ta soso shet samba tekha dole de marba otra dole de marba uh, so again, uh, we are looking at Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. Uh, and in going through the initial outline, we find uh, how to rely upon the teacher that is the root of the path, and then the stages of the paths, uh, how st uh, the stages of the path that students engage in after having relied on the teacher. Uh, and then under that category of the stages of the path, or the stages of, of, uh, that, uh, that students engage in after having relied upon the teacher, we find two categories. First, an exhortation to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity, uh, and then how to take full advantage of a life of, of leisure and opportunity. Uh, so under the category of how to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity, uh, we find uh, three categories. First, training the mind in the stages of the path shared in common with beings of small capacity, uh, then training the mind the stage of the path shared in common with beings of medium capacity, uh, and then training the mind the stage of the path for beings of great capacity. Uh, so these are the first three categories. Uh, and then under the training the mind, the stage of the past shared in common with beings of small capacity, we find three categories. Uh, the actual training of thought of a person of small capacity, the measure of the attitude of a person of small capacity, and then dispelling
dispelling any misconceptions uh, related to the person of small capacity. Uh, so these are the three categories related to that. And then under the first category, the actual training of thought of a person of small capacity, we find two categories, developing a state of mind that strives diligently for the sake of future lives, and then a second category of relying <coughs> on means or a method for achieving happiness in one's next life. Uh, so going to that last category of the method or a means for achieving happiness in one's next life, we find two major categories. First, the category of refuge, uh, and then the category of karma and its results. So we're currently dealing with the section uh, on karma uh, and, and its result. Uh, uh, so if we go to the English, uh, if you want to turn to page uh, 210, uh, that's where we're uh, going to be uh, in the English. And uh, so it begins with reflecting on karma and its effects in general. Uh, and then there are two major categories there, the actual way in which you reflect in general, uh, and then the reflecting on the distinctions among the varieties of karma, or the, di the differences among the varieties of karma. Uh, so we've gone through the first section, which deals with four specific categories. The certainty of karma, the magnification of karma, not experiencing the effects of actions that you do not do, and that the actions that you have done do not perish. So these are the first category in the general section. And, and now we've come to reflecting on the distinctions among the varieties of karma, uh, and that then starts to deal with the ten paths, the ten paths of action. Uh, so that is going to start on page 215 or 216 is where the actual body of the text is, uh, where we get into the distinctions. Uh, so uh, the, the, but it started on 210, but we're at the, now the 216. Uh, Deekson. Yeah. Les les lames. Ah, okay. <laughs> Son <laughs> 
Okay, okay. Uh, so when we get to uh, the reflection, uh, reflecting on the distinction among the varieties of karma, or the difference uh, among the varieties of karma, we find two major categories, the principal teachings of the ten paths of action, uh, and then the determination of the effects of action. So when we get to the first category, the principal teaching of the ten paths of action, uh, what is this referring to? So when we uh, look at these facts, uh, and we look at uh, virtue and non-virtue, and, and we enumerate them by ten, uh, we find uh, there are the virtue of the body, speech, and mind, and non-virtue of the body, speech, and mind. Uh, we find three virtues and non-virtues of the body, three vir four virtues and non-virtues of the speech, and three virtues and non-virtues of the mind. Uh, so I just tried to summarize that point into one. So we find those three in each of those categories. Um, so when we look at uh, the classification uh, of these, um, when we look at the uh, uh, karma uh, or action uh, that is created by the mind, so when we look at uh, non-virtuous actions uh, of, of the mind, such as uh, covetousness, harmful intent, or wrong view, uh, we would say that categorically uh, these are pathways which propel one to the lower realms, but are not uh, um, categorically uh, actions that propel one to the lower realms. Uh, so there is a reason for this. Uh, so we state that these are uh, these um, paths of action uh, of the uh, um, of the mind, mental action. When we're speaking of non-virtue again, these are necessarily pathways, but not action. Uh, so the reason we say they aren't action or they are not activity uh, is because they are not qualified by being form. Uh, so I'll get back to that point in a moment. So the virtues and non-virtues, uh, when we, and we're going to look at the case of non-virtue of the body, are enumerated in a total of uh, body and speech, rather, are enumerated by the total number of seven. Uh, so we have uh, killing, uh, stealing, uh, and sexual misconduct of the body of being three, and then uh, lying, divisive speech, uh, uh, gossip, and harsh word, words being four of the speech. Uh, so these all categorically uh, would fall under two, uh, a common locus between the two, action uh, and 
pathway. Uh, so if we're looking in the case of non-virtue, we can say that any among these seven are necessarily both uh, action that, actions that propel one to the lower realms, as well as um, uh, pathways to the lower realms. So this is a common locus between pathways to the lower realms that propel one to the lower realms and actions that propel one to the lower realms. So we find in this case of these seven non-virtues, uh, they would be a common locus uh, be between those two actions and pathways. The reason that we say that the non-virtues, as we use the case of non-virtue, of the mind are not actions but are pathways to the lower realms is because we find uh, in the uh, Vinaya text where they quote the, the, uh, the Abhidharma where it states that um, uh, actions, uh, um, uh, actions are, are necessarily uh, form uh, according to uh, um, according to the uh, uh, Great Exposition School and the Middle Way Consequence School. Um, and because uh, action is necessarily form, that means that mental activity, which is consciousness, has to not be that because mental because consciousness and form are mutually exclusive. That's a translator's note. That one statement. Consciousness and form are mutually exclusive. So the reason that that we can say uh, that um, activity of the mind is not action is because it's not form. And form is the qualification necessary for something to be uh, an action, or vice versa. Action is necessarily form. Uh, according, and again, we find that according to the Prasangika as well as the Great Exposition School. So the lowest school and the highest school concur that action is form. Uh, so this reason, it negates the potential for mental activity uh, being uh, action because it is necessarily not form uh, and therefore, uh, but is a pathway to the low, that propels one to the lower realms. So is path. So it is path but isn't form. Uh, so it's uh, that which is this but not that. Uh, but in the case of the seven, we would find it the case where it is both uh, form uh, and action. So I think that covers all the points. If I was redundant, I apologize, but it was a little difficult. ने ते the dona, the lungane, the tama, the cheran lung, the lung kabane, doa, 
ดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอดดอด
that point out these ten principal pathways, virtuous and non-virtuous, that the uh, Buddha explained. Uh, and then Lama Tsongkhapa will explain why uh, um, these, these ten were presented, but uh, these ten are not necessarily uh, an all-inclusive number. Tawatu le Lunga Shetansa Nashila Transonsu Later, 
I'll get I had a question I'll get to it in a second so I don't forget to translate what uh, we're going through so uh, here then Lama Tsongkhapa has a, re- a reply uh, to what one should practice and what one should cast aside uh, it says reply in general you can conclude that there are three ways to engage in good and bad conduct physically verbally and mentally Although not all the virtues and non-virtues of these three ways are included within the ten paths of action. So if it is a a, um, virtue or non-virtue, it is not necessarily included among the ten paths of virtuous or non-virtuous action. So uh, so we're saying that that doesn't pervade all. Uh, And then it says, uh, the Buddha, uh, still the Buddha, the Bhagavan, summarizing the key points, taught the most obvious or course among the virtues and non-virtues as being the ten paths uh, of virtuous and non-virtuous actions. He taught that uh, the com- extremely great foundations for a misdeed are the ten paths of non-virtuous action. Uh, he saw that when you give up these ten, you adopt virtuous actions and that the most important points of these virtuous actions are also uh, ten in number. The gewe le ju. ゲウレイドゥンジュヨマイガガシネでで Okay. Okay. Therefore, he taught the ten paths of virtuous actions. The treasury of knowledge then states, uh, systemizing the most obvious among them, the Buddha said that the paths of action, virtuous or non-virtuous, are ten. Uh, And then the exegesis of discipline uh, gets in, the the Vinaya says, if you practice these ten paths of action, uh, guarding your speech, uh, so here, uh, um, uh, we're looking at the, the way that one commits actions through sp- uh, body, speech, 
uh, and mind. So guarding one's speech is guarding against the four non-virtues of the speech of uh, um, lying, uh, harsh words, uh, gossip, and divisive speech. Uh, being restrained mentally means re restraining one's mind from the three non-virtues of uh, harmful intent, covetousness, and wrong view. And then not committing physical non-virtues is referring to refraining from the three non-virtues of the body of killing, stealing, and sexual misconduct. Uh, so it says you will achieve the ta path taught by the sage. So if you are able to abandon these uh, um, negative pathways through your body, speech, and mind, then you are able to, by doing so, you are engaging in the pathway that is taught by the sage, which is the pathway of virtue, which is the, op which is the opposite. So we come up with the ten virtues by looking at the ten non-virtues and their abandonment. Uh, so then it says here, you will achieve the path taught by the sage. So the point that uh, I'm, the question I'm asking that I'm stuck on right now is if there are not actions why does it keep saying act to ten actions of the body, ten actions of the mind, the actions, the actions, and then we go and say, why doesn't it say the seven? So this is what I'm stuck on. Why is the number ten if they're not really ten actions? And Rinpoche is saying that this is a tenet system situation where we're looking at the differences as far as the, the, the actual words, the, the terms themselves, and what they mean to the tenet systems. Uh, so there's a distinction that's made that it's a pathway that actively sends you to the lower realm. So I don't, I have to look at the wording now, go back home and see if there's a way to make this so in English it doesn't seem loaded as much. But it's a, in the, in the Abhidharma text it says that it is a pathway, the mental activity is a pathway that brings you or propels you to the lower realms, but is not an action because it isn't form. Because according to the Abhidharma, the Consequence School and the, uh, the uh, um, Great Exposition School say that action is necessarily form. So this is just taking the tenet systems and applying it to the terms that are made here and clarifying them with real subtlety. So uh, um, I don't know if that would change the way that you would technically translate this. It might. It might not at all. Um, but I just wanted to, people might be thinking that. So I asked Rinpoche that question and he just three times answered me the same way, uh, that it's clarified according to the tenet systems. They don't all agree, and Rinpoche is just pointing out that the, the Prasangika view and the exposition view agree uh, that these are pathways, all of which are pathways to the lower realms if they are among the ten non-virtues, but they are not all necessarily actions because three among them are activities of the mind which are consciousness and not form, so they are not action technically speaking, according to those tenet systems. So that's the clarification uh, as far as I could get um, and understand. Le lanciatore 
Shine Jibi Lelanchutuotemas <laughs> Now, when we look at the um, uh, category, the principal teaching of the ten passive action, we find in, there's one category, obviously, there in the great treatise. And we look at Jayan Sheba's commentary on this great treatise, that category is then broken down into three categories. Uh, the first part deals with that actual point, the, the principal teaching. Why is it the principal teaching? Uh, why, why was this given? Uh, so the, this is the course outline of the most important points. Uh, we find the quotes from sutras uh, and, and Jayan Sheva says, uh, Sutra and Tantric teachings uh, state that these are the principal or the important path, ten paths. Uh, so we find various sources uh, um, to prove that these are the principal teachings uh, um, related to action. Uh, so that's the first category Jami and Sheva states is, is within this, is the w why it's the principal teaching and where the sources are for that. Uh, the next category is the one we're going to get in now uh, that deals with the great importance of abandoning the ten non-virtuous activities and engaging in the ten virtuous activities. So this is the second uh, point that's about to be made within that first category according to Jayan Sheba. Um, so it says... Um, <clears throat> knowing the ten paths of non-virtuous action uh, and their uh, effects. So, so knowing all of, all of their effects, restrain yourself from being uh, motivated uh, um, uh, to uh, commit them. Um, so then practice the paths of action of the ten virtues in which your body, speech, and mind are not all mixed with the paths of non-virtuous action. This practice is indispensable as the basis for all three vehicles, as well as for the accomplishment of the two aims of beings. Hence, the conqueror repeatedly praised it uh, from many perspectives. And then we're going to find a quote from the questions of the Naga kings of the ocean. 
so that's where we stopped. Long lot, my son. ตันเดสวาตันเดนมามกิจุบุงกุชิเดสวาตามกิจุบุงอาชิดาคิชบิยมเดเดนมาเตงกวาเรสนาบิเลลานเซนาบิเลลานจุนเดบตันเจบานา
pathways shared in common with beings of small capacity, the pathways shared in common with beings of medium capacity, and the pathways for beings of great capacity. So we find just like a tree needs a basis or a ground to grow from, um, all of these capacities need ethics as their basis uh, to flourish or to actually work uh, to be practiced right, uh, if you will. Uh, so all of these require uh, this basis of ethical discipline. So if one wishes to achieve rebirth in the higher realms through the pathways of small capacity, then it's necessary to have this basis of ethical discipline. If one wishes to achieve the state of liberation through the pathways of shared in common <coughs> of medium capacity, then ethical discipline, these ten practices, these ten actions uh, become a necessary basis. And also the... Um, um, uh, pathways for beings of great capacity, the Mahayana pathways, require uh, these ten paths of action, uh, ethics, to be as the, at the basis um, of, uh, um, uh, of, of this uh, great vehicle, um, or the cause, if you will. The basis is really, the foundation is really the most literal way, the foundation of all of these three. Uh, so here it says, uh, as the basis for all three vehicles. So these three vehicles are speaking specifically of the hearer's vehicle, solitary realizer vehicle, uh, and the bodhisattva vehicle. So we find that ethics uh, are the basis of that. And it says, as well as for the accomplishment of the two aims of being. So here the two aims of beings are the accomplishment of one's own aims, as well as the aims of others. Uh, so these are the two possibilities of aims, one's own aims and the aims of others. So one can accomplish this by having the basis, uh, as his or her basis of practice, ethical discipline. Whether you are a practitioner of the hearer, solitary realizer, or bodhisattva vehicle. Um, so this is the point that's being made. It says, hence, or therefore, because of this, the conqueror repeatedly praised it from many perspectives. Uh, because uh, one needs this as the basis for all of the results of the pathways, uh, the Buddha praised that as being an excellent practice because it's the foundation of all of the pathways. Uh, so uh, this is the point uh, that's being made here. Dixon. Tao Shantu Say 
so when we have now a quote from the questions of the Naga kings of the ocean uh, so it says what I have called virtues are the tap roots of the uh, perfections of all the deities and humans they are the tap roots of the Enlightenment of the Shravakas and Prachika Buddhas, they are the tap roots of all the unexcelled perfect enlightenment. And what are these tap roots? They are the ten uh, virtuous actions. So if we look at uh, what uh, um, is the basis of the um, experience of rebirth into the higher realms of the deities and humans, uh, we find uh, that uh, it, its uh, root basis, and I they use the word tap root, but if we look at the Tibetan, those two words are just there, root and basis. Uh, so the root basis for the higher realms is ethics. The root basis for the enlightenment of the hearers and the solitary realizer vehicle is uh, ethics. And the root basis for the achievement of Buddhahood, uh, complete Buddhahood, perfect enlightenment, is ethics. Uh, so it's saying, what are these uh, root basis? Uh, they are the ten virtuous actions. So it's saying that uh, um, virtue is the basis for all of these uh, potential uh, results. The result of higher realm rebirth, the result of com liberation. I know it's not a result, but we're using that word as a name. Just uh, the result of liberation or the result of complete Buddhahood. Uh, so these, these are all uh, have at their basis um, ethical ethics. And, and here, uh, ethics are, are, what are ethics? It says virtuous actions, so ten virtuous actions. Chunta Jabi Nesalatene,沈唐,沈唐,沈唐,沈唐,沈唐,沈唐,沈唐,沈唐,沈唐,沈唐,沈唐,沈唐,沈唐,沈唐,沈唐,沈唐,沈唐,沈唐,沈
Sanjee So then uh, we're going to get into some examples uh, from the same text, the questions of the Naga kings of the ocean. It says, for example, O Lord of Nagas, all villages, cities, municipalities, districts, countries, and king's palaces, all grass, bushes, medicine, medicinal herbs, and trees, all fruits of labor, all stocks of seeds, the growth of harvest, their plowing, harrowing, and production rests 
everything rests on the earth. Their source is the earth. Likewise, O Lord of Nagas, these paths of the ten virtuous actions are the sources of divine or human birth, of attaining the goal of the virtuous practices of the learners and those with no more to learn in the enlightenment of the Prachika Buddha, of all the Bodhisattva deeds and of all the qualities uh, of the Buddha. So here it's saying that uh, when we look at uh, all of these different examples, it's giving examples of different sizes of places, everything from a, a whole country, the world, the, to s small cities, uh, to large cities, to smaller cities, to little villages, uh, no matter what, all of these places has, have as the basis their, the earth. Uh, so the earth is the basis for all of these things. And then if we look at the activities that go on within these places, uh, you see um, uh, um, it says uh, the, the growth of harvest, they're plowing, harrowing, and production. So if we look at uh, the actual plowing of the field, Rinpoche said previously these things had to be done manually, like they would go on an animal and plowing would be done, where the, the ground would be tilled, and then rows would be made uh, for the seeds to be planted, uh, and then the ground would be smoothed in some way uh, with, uh, with a, a, a machine, uh, a manual machine, if you will. <laughs> So the ground would be uh, uh, smoothed in some way. Uh, so then uh, all of this, when we look at these activities that are taking place, have as their basis the earth. So the place itself has as its basis the earth, and then the activities that are going on all have as their basis the earth. So then when we look at that as the example, and then apply it to what we're speaking of, we're saying that the ten uh, virtuous actions are the basis for all of these other things that are going to be explained. They're the basis for the humans and deity rebirth. They are the basis for uh, the, um, the, the goal of the virtuous practice of the learners and with those of no more to learn of the enlightenment of a Prachika Buddha. Uh, um, so here, when we're speaking of uh, learners and no more to learn, uh, if, so, if it is one is a learner, he or she is necessarily at the path of seeing or the path of meditation. A no more learner is a being who has achieved the path of uh, foe destroyer or the path of no more learning. Uh, so the, the, the dividing line uh, between learner and non-learner is the uh, foe destroyer. Uh, so if one uh, has completed the path of seeing and meditation and is at the path of no more learning, then he is no longer a learner. Uh, so he or she is no longer a learner. Um, so this is the, what is meant by learners and no, one with no more to learn. I asked Rinpoche if one is a learner, if he or she is necessarily an Arya, and he said yes. So that was the question that I asked. So it is the path of seeing and path of meditation where we find these learners and the no more to learn, path of no more learning, and he, they are for, foe destroyers. So here it's speaking of the enlightenment of the Prachika Buddha, of all the Bodhisattva deeds and the qualities of the Buddha. So all of the activities of the Bodhisattva have as their basis uh, virtuous practices, uh, ethical practices, and all of the qualities of the Buddha, the excellent qualities of the Buddha, have as their basis uh, virtuous actions or ethical behavior. Um, and in this case, we're speaking of the ten virtues specifically. Uh, um, 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 in this case, um, so it says... Uh, um, uh, these paths of the ten virtuous actions are the sources. Uh, so here, they're the basis of all of these uh, um, results, uh, just like 
the earth is the basis for all of these other examples. Uh, so this is what is meant by that. Dixon. So when we look at the uh, mantra within the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, Teata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoha, uh, when we're looking at where the learners and no more learners are, uh, we have Teata Om Gate Gate. These refer to the path of accumulation and path of preparation, which are not Arya paths, so they are not what we're talking about. Paragate and parasamgate are referring to the path of seeing and the path of meditation. These are necessarily Arya paths, and these are what we're referring to as learners. Uh, Bodhisoha is the path of no more learning, uh, and this is what we're referring to when we state non-learners or no more learners. So within the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, we find this mantra that implicitly is referring to these five paths, and uh, two of them... Uh, being the path of a learner and the, la- the, 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 the one of them being a no more learning path. Uh, so we'll take a short break. We have uh, some... Mm-hmm. 
ก็ยังเซนซูจูตัดตัวตัดตัวตัดตัวตัดตัวตัดตัวตัดตัวตัดตัวตัดตัวตัดตัวตัดตัวตัดตัวตัดตัวตัดตัวตัดตัวตัด
so here it's saying that um, there are no causes of certain goodness uh, um, uh, or high status. Uh, so high status being rebirth into the higher realms, certain goodness being liberation <coughs> of the hearers, solitary realizers, or complete Buddhahood. Um, so we could be speaking of all. So these are all the potential um, um, positive results that can happen in the future. Uh, rebirth in the higher realms uh, and liberation of the two lesser vehicles and then the liberation of the uh, great vehicle. Um, so um, we find that all of these have as their cause, all of these potential results have as their cause uh, ethical discipline. And here we're speaking of the ten virtuous activities. And Rinpoche... Um, uh, said if we want to seek uh, 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 more clarification, we can look in the uh, Pension Sun Andrapa's uh, clarification of this text. Because I was asking about the ordinary beings part, and he said we can seek out more clarification in the uh, the um, the university text, Pension Sun Andrapa's so stating that it is of great benefit to abandon the ten non-virtuous activities. So here it's saying that when we look at a course summary of, of behaviors, uh, we can find them enumerated as ten. One should abandon uh, those uh, ten non-virtuous activities that are uh, um, presented, and one should engage in the ten virtuous activities that are presented. Mm. Shantu 
Şimdi tücü muhasa odere doğdu. Tücüz. Tücü basın. Tücü muhasız. Cancı bir sadece diye de. Nurcu umudu var. Tücü, tücü batan. Sonba. 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 Tücü muhasa odere doğdu. O da. Tücüden hacı sonu ama. Ateba çembeyesi. Laba inanı. Tücü de. Dün şey varız. Dün çembe muhava. Dün mükü. ม่ชื่อลามีจุเชิงจรวดจุเชิงมุมหวังสอนจีจุนเดนดีทันจีจีเชงอาสอนจีจุนเดนดีทันจีเชงอาจีเดนลาโลอาเชบาเชบะมห
this is very dishonorable. And then the Sutra of Sita Garbha says, uh, um, so by means of these ten paths of virtue, you will become a Buddha. However, there are those who, for as long as they live, do not even minimally maintain even a single path of virtuous action, but who say such things as, I am a Mahayana practitioner. I seek unexcelled perfect enlightenment. Such people are great hypocrites and liars. They deceive the world in the presence of all the Bhagavan Buddhas, and they preach nihilism. When they die, they seem confused, and they fall back. Uh, so within this, uh, this is speaking of uh, the category for Jayansheva is abandonment of hypocrisy or abandoning, uh, I think hypocrisy is a fine word to use, um, abandoning the lie uh, and it's the hip, hip, hypocrisy. Uh, um, so here it says, um, however, there are those who for as long as they live do not even minimally uh, maintain even a single path of virtuous action. So there are those beings who say they are Mahayana practitioners, uh, practitioners, but they don't uh, assert or practice even a, one single path of uh, virtue. Um, uh, but they say they seek Buddhahood. When virtue is the basis of all of these fruits that come up to and including Buddhahood. Uh, so here, the hypocrisy is saying that one is a Mahayanist, uh, which requires as its basis ethical discipline and then not engaging in ethical discipline. And it says that a person who uh, uh, behaves in this way uh, and asserts things in this way is, is, uh, is um, asserting the tenets of nihilism uh, and will therefore fall to the lower realms of cyclic existence. Uh, it says such people, such people are great hypocrites and liars. They lie to the world. They deceive the world in the presence of all the Buddhas. So it says here the Buddhas are all knowing. So the Buddhas know that this deception is taking place. So there isn't a complete deception that is really even taking place because the Buddha realizing that it's being that it's taking place, uh, and as a result of this wrong view, which is nihilism they fall to the lower realms of cyclic existence, even though they claim to be Mahayana practitioners, practitioners of the great, most highest vehicle uh, that uh, we find within Buddhism. Uh, so, I wrote three down. I don't know why, but I can remember maybe. <laughs> ตาเลลาจุตุเตมะตาเลดันเดบะเตลาพอบะตาเลดันเดบะเตลาพอบะตาโตเตมะเลดันเดบะเตลาพอบะลาพอบะลานิสาจิสุนติกินตัวเลด
so now we're on page 218 uh, because we'll read through you should understand falling back to be a synonym for taking a completely miserable rebirth uh, so now 218 the determination of the effects of actions it says there are three parts to the determination of the effects of actions okay now going to the Tibetan again it doesn't say non-virtuous it says black actions and their results white actions and their results and a presentation of other classifications of karma so um, here now Rinpoche is explaining black actions are referring to non-virtuous actions and in this case ten non-virtuous actions white actions are referring to virtuous actions uh, and in this case ten virtuous actions uh, so when we look at the Tibetan the, what is black action and white action mean it's referring to what they've just translated it into in the English um, so uh, that just to make a note of what Rinpoche is explaining and why and why it's different uh, so it's, it's speaking of black actions being non-virtuous, white actions being virtuous, and then another category which is non neither virtuous nor non-virtuous, or neither black or white, rather. Uh, a category that is separate, that is neither black nor white action. Uh, so that's uh, literally what it says. And then it says uh, the first category is black actions and their results. Uh, and it says it's explained in three parts. The actual uh, paths uh, of, uh, um, of non-virtuous uh, non action, distinctions of weight, and an exposition of the effects. Uh, so these are the three categories uh, that um, uh, are explained. Uh, and then uh, it says the first category... Uh, of non-virtuous action. Uh, I'm just going to read what it says in the Tibetan. I've explained the black and white once, so I'm just going to read the, the uh, uh, in the English, rather, uh, just to make it not confusing. The actual paths of non-virtuous actions. The ten paths of non-virtuous actions are as follows. Uh, so we're going to begin with the non-virtue of the body, and those are enumerated, uh, the three. Uh, and it begins with the action of killing, which is non-virtuous. Uh, so uh, this is where we begin with uh, killing. ตาสังกัยสังกัยตางาสุเทวะเตกันจุเตนจุกังลุจวาเจเตตะบุเตลุจวาเจวะตากาสุอาเตกันจุเตนจุชาชาดาโรตาโอตินาเลนจาเคบ
who is a, an Indian pandit, would find his text in the category of the Tanjur, the authentic Indian commentaries. And then previously we had a quote from the Basu Bandhu, from the Treasury House of Knowledge, the Abhidharma Kosha. Uh, so we, we, we find that as well. Then we have a quote from the Entrance to the Middle Way by Chandrakirti. Chandrakirti is depicted uh, among the Middle Way scholars over here among the Indian pandits and would fall categorically under the, uh, the authentic Indian commentaries. And then we have all the quotes from the sutras, which are the pronouncements of Lord Buddha. So we can say that in this text, we're currently studying this text, but we're currently also studying the pronouncements of Lord Buddha and the authentic Indian commentaries. And, and uh, by, by, by a direct way, by directly looking at the quotes from the text, not just the contents and the meanings, we're directly looking at and citing them as sources. Um, so we're studying those great works as well while we're studying this. Mm. Uh, so when we look at uh, um, Master Asanga's body of work, uh, we find that we can break it down into two cat major categories. The five uh, um, treatises on the levels, uh, which we have the uh, actuality of the levels or the levels of yogic practice, the, the Yogacara Bhumi, the Compendium of Ascertainments, uh, the, the Niranaya Samgraha, the Compendium of Vases, the Vastu uh, uh, Samgraha, the Compendium of Enumerations, the Pariya Samgraha, and the Compendium of Explanations, the Vivara Samgraha. Uh, um, uh, so we have those five treatises, uh, and then we have uh, two compendium, uh, the two compendiums, uh, which are called the Compendium of Knowledge uh, and the Compendium of uh, uh, on, on the Mahayana. So the Compendium, the uh, Abhidharma Samuchaya, so these are the compendium of determinations or compendium of knowledge and the uh, um, compendium of the Mahayana. Uh, so these are the categories, the five treatises on the levels and the two compendiums. So we find that Basu Bandu uh, has a total of the Lopunine So we find that Basu Bandu has a total of eight uh, texts uh, that are studied. Uh, and then uh, Matraeya has a, a total of uh, Shambhanga. Okay, has the uh, five, uh, Lord Matraeya has the five uh, treatises. Uh, so uh, we have the uh, Sangha with the um, five uh, treatises on the levels, uh, and then the two compendiums, uh, and then we have uh, Basu Bandhu uh, with the eight uh, texts. Uh, and then we have uh, um, Lord Matraeya with the five uh, um, five great works uh, on uh, five great works of Matraeya. Uh, so uh, we find that these all these texts are the different uh, texts that are being referred to here. So the, they're called the five treatises of the Matraeya doctrine, uh, literally. Uh, so um, these are uh, some of the texts uh, that we find.
Mm-hmm. De Nasson Papa son samba du te Jésus-Nord, so what is killing? So the Compendium of Determinations teaches this in five categories. So Asanga's Compendium of Determinations has five categories. Uh, and then it'll go on to say that you can condense it by placing uh, some of them into the attitude category, etc. So I'm going to read it. Basis, perception, attitude, affliction, and conclusion. However, you can condense the middle three into the category of attitude and add the category of performance to give a condensed presentation of each of the paths of action in four categories. Basis, attitude, performance, and culmination. Such a, a presentation is easy to understand, and there is no contradiction between it 
uh, and the intention in Asanga's teaching. Uh, so it's saying that there is nothing that contradicts what Asanga is presenting in five by doing it in uh, these four categories because they include the presentation. Uh, so here it's saying that if we look at these five, if we were to take basis, perception, and affliction and put it into the category of attitude, and then add another category of performance and keep the final category of conclu conclusion. Uh, here it's, it says culmination. They use two words, but it mean, it's the same. That's what was getting me mixed up as I was trying to translate and listen. Uh, these are the same categories. The culmination, conclusion, or just two words for the same word. Um, so we're basically just adding those three into attitude uh, and then adding performance, uh, and, and then we, we get a total of uh, four categories. So basis here is referring to the basis, the kind of uh, um, being that can do these things. So the basis is what does action. So here we're speaking of gods, or humans, etc., etc., etc. So this is what basis is speaking of. Perception is the thought, uh, and, and then, uh, then we have attitude, uh, which is the way of thinking, and affliction is afflictions, and then the, fina the finale. Uh, so uh, these are the five categories. This is however you can condense the middle three into the category of attitude, as we've just explained, and add the category of performance to give a, a condensed presentation of each of the paths in four categories. Um, uh, so uh, this is how we do that. And then it says basis, attitude, performance, and conclusion or culmination uh, and uh, would be the way we would, uh, these would be the four categories. And it says it's easy to understand and doesn't contradict a Sangha. Dixon. Tasu Jiva Dalwa Jiva Samba Jiva Tatu Jiva Tatu Jiva Tatu Jiva Tatu Jiva Tatu Jiva Samba Tatu Jiva Tatu Tatu Jiva Tatu then, so here, uh, in order for a killing to take place, uh, there have to be, according to Asanga, uh, these five categories of basis, perception, attitude, affliction, and conclusion. Um, and then uh, what's being said after is that we can condense it into four categories uh, and these things all need to be present uh, in order for there to be a, a, an action of killing, for instance. So we're in the category of killing. So these uh, are going to be our standard uh, that we're going to use to qualify it as an action of killing in this case. So it would be these four present. Um, uh, so uh, that's it. Tasujibijisujibijisigantakante,sudan so, 
Sudo this first category of basis um, uh, of killing, uh, then we first have to have a sentient being present to kill. Uh, so when we look at basis, um, uh, then there has to be a sentient being uh, to kill. So if we look at cutting down a tree, this wouldn't categorically fall under killing. Uh, so we, this is w where we start to look, understand what makes it a killing because we start with the basis of what we're killing um, so, or what is to be killed. And here it's a sentient being is the basis. Uh, so uh, here it means that one removes the life force of a sentient being. Uh, so in the uh, sutra tradition, or uh, we find in the Abhidharma, or in the Abhidharma tradition, if you will, um, that the life force is necessarily, uh, uh, um, let me see, what did I write down? Life force is a non-associated compositional factor. Uh, so according to the Abhidharma, life force is a non-associated compositional factor. And it, it means uh, when uh, uh, the presence of the consciousness uh, and the breathing are there, there is life force. When that is ended and there is no longer that, that is severed, then their life isn't present. So we're looking at the word life and life force. Um, the life itself uh, is present because of the life force. Uh, that uh, in according to, like I said, Abhidharma, life force is non-associated compositional factors. In the tantric tradition, uh, life force is wind. Uh, um, so the life force is necessarily wind. So it's a separate category than in the um, that vehicle. Uh, and it, once you stop breathing in and out, then you perish. Uh, so this is the reason that it's stated in the tantric tradition that the life force uh, is wind. So life is what... Uh, um, basically contains, if you will, the consciousness and the, uh, the breathing and so forth that the life force uh, establishes. And once that's severed, then there's no longer life force, there's no longer life. Once you sever, if you sever someone else's, another sentient being's life force, there's no longer life, then that's killing. Uh, so uh, this is the category of killing. It's a basis is a sentient being and, and, and severing their, his or her or its uh, life force or life.
So ending the life of a sentient being is how we would define uh, killing. So then there's a large debate that when the mother and father's uh, um, secret substances come together and then if you were then to remove that baby, so abortion, uh, would that be a severing uh, of life? So this is a debate that takes place then in religion and then we use these points in order to engage in this debate. So according to the compendium of determinations, when the baby begins to form in the mother's womb, or stomach, Rinpoche is saying, in the mother's stomach, uh, which is when the substances come together, uh, when, that, when those substances come together and the consciousness is there, uh, then at that moment, according to a Sangha, you would end a life if you killed that being in the stomach. So we would say that it would be killing according to this. That ending it at any point when those substances come together and there's consciousness, at that moment there's killing if it's removed. So when something is established as a human, then when it is killed, it's killing. Uh, and also another master of the Vinaya, uh, not Guna Prabha, Shakya Prabha. Senge Oh, Senge Zampo. Shakya Vyata. Senge Zampo. Senge Zampo. I know who's Hari Bhadra. Hari Bhadra. Senge Zampo. The Parshin Delpa. Senge Zampo. The Parshin Delpa. Oh. is saying maybe the master, he's, I don't know the name, I know the Tibetan that he's saying, I don't know the name in Sanskrit, and he's saying he doesn't think they're among the pandits. This master is among the pandits. Uh, uh, the Vinaya scholar that Rinpoche is citing is among the pandits. Uh, so we have to be, uh, it's important that we're very careful. So if one kills oneself, then because it's not an other sentient being, it wouldn't fall categorically under killing. ทัตุแมบิสุจิบิเลยุมาเรสุจิบิเลยุมาเลยพาดุบิเชนจิสุจิบิเลยุมาเลยสุจิบิเลยุมาเลยพาดุบิเชนจิสุจิบิเลยุ
So it says, among uh, these, the basis of killing is a being who is alive. Moreover, the levels of yogic uh, um, deeds adds the qualification other, uh, as in uh, another living being. This is in consideration of cases of suicide and when there is a sin of uh, commission that lacks uh, culmination. Uh, so here it's saying that uh, the qualification is other, different sentient beings. So technically speaking, in this case, this wouldn't be uh, um, killing when one is committing suicide. So what I was talking with Rinpoche, this falls categorically under something that's non-virtue of the body that isn't uh, among those three. So that's what the conversation we were having. Then you should be sad. 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 So in the uh, Lord of Sangha's level of yogic deeds, it says that it has an other, an, a different person. So this other is referring to outside of oneself. Um, so in this case, this is how it uh, omits suicide as a case of killing, technically, in this case. Uh, so when one kills oneself, he or she does not commit the deed of killing. In this, according to what killing is defined as. So the levels of yogic deeds, uh, um, it says there are three aspects of attitude, perception, motivation, affliction, and perception has four types. So the levels of yogic deeds adds the qualification of other uh, in the case of killing to show that it's an outside being, not oneself. Uh, uh, and then there will be four types. The je lasoin, Rimiche. So when we look at the act of killing, it has to have these four categories necessarily for it to be uh, an act of killing. Uh, and according to the level of yogic deeds, um, there is not uh, the, these four present when we're speaking of uh, the killing of oneself um, because there's a qualification within that that means uh, that there, the basis is other. Um, so um, this is the reason why uh, we say that it's killing, suicide isn't killing um, uh, in the definition of killing according to Buddhism.
So I was just asking Rinpoche for a little more clarification on the killing because in English it would just be considered killing because you're but in in this case uh, it's speaking specifically because of the way it's qualified for what killing is there's a an, an other person that one has to kill now that's not saying that killing isn't a great mis killing oneself I can't even say that anymore. Committing suicide is not a great misdeed. It severs one's potential, it talks about uh, in the Vinaya. So it is a great misdeed, um, but it doesn't categorically fall under killing because killing, you have to kill something other than yourself. Uh, so that's just, it's a technical qualification in this case, um, explained in that way. Uh, so. Uh, I just have one quite quick question. Trio, these. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay. Did you both say Yeah, yeah. Where does the person who goes that commits suicide, once they're dead, do they go to the hell realms? The Ran Sena and Yawa Drodwe. The motivation at that moment uh, is very important at that moment. So we can't say definitely. If the motivation is bad, when we can infer usually, uh, then yes, it would be a lower realm rebirth. So you sever your p potential um, because you have this human basis and to get it again after killing it uh, makes it difficult to g receive another human basis again in the future. Um, so it creates that trouble. Um, when you kill your human body, you have this basis. It ends your, all of your opportunities and then it makes it difficult to get another human basis again. Yeah. Uh, so we'll do the concluding... Yes, Ted. <laughs> okay, okay. Ted's is. So, what, what, you know how the high lamas, they go into meditation and, and they pass in that way? How does that, how does the life force end with them? The Lama Chembo, the Konsu, the, um, the, uh, Shia Du, Drone Du, Konsu Gonjal Du, then Sansan, the Nima Ju, Sansan Nima Ju, the Shu Du. Then the So, De Du, then Kandre Drodu, Konso Poa Dandu, the Kongitriwa, the So, Kandre, the Jewa Shema Drodu, Lama Chambo. So, so the tongue also the day, dead day, some other way. Less so. Daying it, it's a day. Less so. Shulu Uchi, Savas, Shulu Uchi, 
so at that point in time, the outer wind of that being has the the long the tramo yerebe, tramo yerebe rapa yomare. Shanul tab jete dosa dota. Okay. Shant chuba chuba pagi juni me shabu juji de marbe. So the, their subtle winds are present a little in the case of these lamas. So the wind hasn't left at that point, uh, but the outer winds have, have left at that point. Uh, but there's still, consciousness is still abiding uh, and, and hasn't left on the wind yet. It hasn't, uh, um, uh, um, the consciousness hasn't left is still abiding in that high lama's body with the subtle winds. Even though the outward expressions of life have been severed, there's still the presence of the things that qualify a being as being alive. We have still the presence of the subtle winds and still have the presence of the consciousness itself, so that being's life is still present. The life hasn't been severed. Uh, so he or she is in that state of meditation. We, we know the Ganden tree Rinpoche, the previous uh, Ganden throne holder, stayed in meditation for the Nima Shapu Jujit. 19. 19 days uh, stayed in meditation. And they actually came. Ling Rinpoche, 13 or 14 days. Uh, and uh, so Rinpoche is saying the doctors even came and tested and, and saw that there was still life present in these uh, masters. Um, so actual scientists, doctors came while they were in this state of meditation, outwardly not breathing, and confirmed the fact that they were still alive and life was still present in those beings. Uh, so then, then they drona the the so jewa shema. Rimache is explaining the stages of uh, um, consciousness of the descending, uh, descending and ascending of the red and white drops. I don't have the vocabulary in order to give this complete presentation of what happens, but Rimache is saying at the subtle level, what happens is is when the the drops, the red and white drops drop and ascend. Uh, from the crown and then from the secret place. Uh, they ascend from the secret place and they descend, right? Is that the correct way? From the crown and they meet at the central uh, central chakra place. At that point, uh, there's a level of subtle consciousness uh, that's present and then a clear light is the the, the final level of consciousness. Uh, so they're abiding in that place where we have an ascension and descension of, uh, of the red and white drops in a union of them and they're abiding in that space of clear light. Um, so that's what's happening at a subtle level at that point uh, in, in the case of the master. And, and you can look into the, the facts behind this if you look into Highest Yoga Tantra and the, the drops, the ascension and descension of the drops and so forth and, and the various levels that happen in that. Rinpoche is explaining that and I just don't have the vocabulary. It's 505. Uh, so um, do we, uh, is there... There, so that basically that Lama is abiding in a very subtle place, which is in the nature of clear light uh, and, and able to abide in that without passing to his or her next 
life, whatever it may be. Uh, and they stay in that meditation place, abiding in that uh, um, space um, uh, for however long uh, they abide. I apologize, I don't have a grasp on some of the uh, technical vocabulary in there, um, but I just don't have as much frame of reference for that. So, But we can definitely look it up. Oh, yeah. Is that... Okay. Uh, so, concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. Thank you, everyone. And the drops are the red and white bodhicitta, the technically what they're called, the red and white bodhicitta. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure land. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avogateshvara Tenzin Gyatso may stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandok, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, the spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts, exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Tuji Rinpoche, Kutsi Shapi Denro Nang, Natsu Lamrim Chemo Kantri Nang.